Men that I work with, I found find it very challenging to communicate confidently and clearly their intentions. If they don't communicate that they're interested romantically, then their date can be left thinking, well, oh, I just, I didn't even realize that you were into me. You didn't show me, you didn't tell me. There was no way that you communicated that, not through your body language, not through what we were talking about in conversation. And then men go, oh my God, you know, this is so frustrating. Why am I being friend zone? Well, you haven't communicated to her what your intention is. And so it's important that you actually say that. And before you even go on the date, even just like planting some seeds, and that could be the way that you talk to her. You know, you're a little bit cheeky at times. And she goes, oh, okay. And so if you can, you know, mention a couple of things in a different way. You're not just, hey, what do you do as a job? Like very interview style. The guys that fall into that, they automatically get friend zone. And so something that flirting does is creates this friction. And that's what creates these sparks of chemistry. Welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. I'm your host, May Bugenhagen. And if you haven't subscribed or liked the video, please do that so you'll know when I get new videos posted so you can learn from all the different dating experts that I drag on the show and help you with different scenarios and different dating tips and all that good stuff. And today is no different. I have Sarah, who is a dating coach for men who started her journey in the US. Sarah has rubbed shoulders with ex special forces during her time on the reality TV show SAS Australia in 2021. Sarah is the co-founder of Date With Us, a premier video dating consultancy, which goes hand in hand with how she continues to help her clients develop dating confidence and land their dream relationships. Welcome to the show, Sarah. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Well done. <laughs> There's a I... lot there. Um, I love Australian yeah, I accent. It. I'm really excited to talk to your community. Yeah, great, great. I love Australian accents. And obviously, there's a huge time difference between us. I'm in Colorado. You're in Australia. Thank you so much for waking up, you know, 7am to do this. I'm sure you woke up earlier to look great that you do. So I love talking to date coaches, especially I don't talk to a lot of female date coaches that date men. So how did you kind of end up with this um, this job and how did you end up with being a date coach? Yeah, you know, for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a dating coach and here I am. <laughs> that wasn't um, really the way things started for me. I um, have been acting for most of my life and in 2019, uh, 2018, sorry, I went over to the States and actually was pursuing that career and signed a manager and, you know, it was just over in LA networking, which it's so good for, you know, I feel like you either thrive there or you hate it. Um, and that's when I actually met the owners of this global dating company that I was just so intrigued about because it was these pickup artists that would help men develop confidence with women. And I'd never really been exposed to something like that here in Australia. So when I met and was chatting with some of these guys, I was just fascinated by it. And it was actually the old CEO at the time that offered me this position to travel around the world and run the seminars for them and help them take men out and teach them how to develop the confidence to go out um, and meet new people, you know? And so I, I was at a time in my life where this, when this opportunity popped up, I was like, uh, hell yes. 
uh, you know, I, it was just so, yeah, just amazing um, to think, wow, like, you know, now I've got a schedule for the next two years of all of these cities I'm going to all around the US, all around Australia, like New Zealand, all the way uh, over to Europe, Scandinavia, back to Canada. Like it was this just roller coaster of growth for me at that time. And I learned so much about men and about dating and about what's really going on beneath the surface of them psychologically, emotionally. And I just fell in love with it. And so I, when I left that company and came back to Australia, I decided to start my own coaching business. And that's what I do full time now. That's great. That's great. Now, what did you learn about the men and doing the seminars and trying to help them with confidence? Like what were some key things that surprised you about men and their dating adventures? What surprised me most is that there's so much more beneath the surface of why they're struggling with women. And, you know, what I find fascinating is you don't go to a school to learn this. Men are expected to just understand and, and know how to court a woman. Yeah. And women are just expected to know like how to, <laughs> you know, play their part in that. And so it was fascinating to see how men were coming to learn about it from these other men. So men were teaching other men about what they've learned through getting out there in the world and experimenting. And I was fascinated to see that there was such a global cult following of men that really want this information and want to learn how to do it. So for a woman, I'm like, wow, we don't have this. We don't go and, and you know meet up together to learn about how to pick up men. It's not something that really has taken off. So I was surprised by that. And the most shocking thing was that it's really connected to some deeply rooted things that have happened in these men's lives as they grew up and stories that they told themselves about why they couldn't have a woman, why they don't deserve love, um, why they're not good enough, why they're not worthy, uh, why not being able to attract a woman means that they're not a man. All of these stories that I was like, what? You know, I just wanted to shake them and go, wake up, like it's not about that. So, um, yeah, I, I really experienced some full-on things with men breaking down in tears, uh, outbursts of anger, wanting to just hit the ground until like, honestly, there was a one, one guy that had his knuckles bleeding because he had this just outburst and release of, of anger. And that's when I realized like, wow, this is deeper than I can probably <laughs> support here. And um, now I, I don't sort of focus too much on the emotional stuff, but that's what I learned by doing that. And I'm really grateful because, you know, this fantastic therapist that I recommend you know, clients to have when you work through this, because it will bring things up. You might think, oh, it's fun to learn about dating and going out and meeting new people. But the reality is those root stories within yourself that you're telling, you, you know, what it means when you're out there dating, that's what's going to affect uh, your experiences. So I focus on the what I think is the fun part. And I always have my clients have, you know, expert therapists to work through the deeper things that come up or bubble up for them and they get to, you know, play with and, and process. As you're attending these seminars with the other men who are shaping and teaching other men, kind of like the pickup artist mentality, did you 
listen to what they were teaching and you're like, that's not what women want. That's not how I would want to be approached by a man or how to be treated. Like, did any yep. of that stuff shock you where you're like, wait, why are they teaching men all this stuff when I don't think that's what women would respond to? What was very surprising is that most of what they coach is actually very uh, accurate. Oh. So this company, they weren't the kind of pickup artists that we imagine, or I guess I imagine like, oh, these, you know, they're manipulating women. Yeah. Like it's immediately what you think of when, you know, someone brings up a pickup artist. However, what I learned is that these guys do have a soul and they do have a heart and they're actually coming from a place where, you know, some of these guys would go out and just go and talk to women seven days a week, every day. Like that's all they did. So you have to learn something by going through that process. And there's a lot of good that they are actually doing as well as some of the darkest stuff. And there definitely is that. And I'm not saying that that, that doesn't exist. And I hate that stuff. You know, any any whiff of that, I'm like, that's not what you should be doing. And if that woman isn't enjoying the process, then you have to stop. And there was some times where I witnessed behavior that I was just like, oh no, like this guy has interpreted what they're teaching in the wrong way. And so that's what I think um, could definitely happen is, is miscommunicating what, what they're actually teaching. So guys go, oh, okay, be persistent. All right, so I'll just be persistent with this woman, even though she's trying to get away from the situation. Or just keep persisting, just keep going. And that, like, is not good. And I've seen that play out before my eyes and just go, oh, my God, stop, dude. Just, like, stop doing that. So little things um, along those lines is definitely what I started to notice. And I'm like, you know, I I've learned a lot from allowing myself to go into the, the den of pickup artists, but it didn't align with me and how I wanted to approach dating and teach people. So yeah, I feel like I took a lot of good, but you're totally right in saying that there's a dark side to pick up artistry and, and manipulation versus influence. So your method, how does your method differ from the pickup artist method? Like what would you say today in 2023, what your tactics are to help men be more comfortable and confident in dating? my mission statement is to make dating fun again. So everything that I do is rooted in fun and play because it's such a helpful vehicle for you to build confidence and also to express yourself and to help others express who they are. And so I have a lot of fun in what I do now and that's exactly where I want to be because when you bring up dating around the dinner table, I'm not sure if you've had this, May, but it just gets the worst response. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, no, I can't meet anyone. No, I don't want to meet anyone. Like it just gets this <laughs> negative cloud that comes across everybody. So for me, the mission is really exciting because I really want people to fall in love with dating again. And I know that I, I coach uh, single men predominantly, but I really think dating should never end. Even if you're in a marriage or a long-term relationship with somebody, it is really just the foundation of the desire and keeping the love alive. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. I'm like, I, you know, we, we need more people that are out there teaching these things and inspiring people to learn about it. But um, yeah, it's mainly the fun. So how can you have more fun when you go on your dates? How can you uh, 
uh, build a better relationship with yourself where if you went out on a date by yourself, you'd be more than happy. You're not thinking, oh, I'm so lonely. I'm here by myself. You're actually like, oh, I'm loving spending time with me and understanding who I am. And then, you know, on those dates, there's definitely a sprinkle of teaching these men how to lead the date, how to be the man that they want to be. So shaping what that is, and I feel like that's the the most serious part about the work I do. And then we inject the play. And the reason I've settled on that is because of my personality, but also because of what I witnessed with men. It's like a lot of them have shut off. Don't show the emotion. Don't have fun. Like don't express that side. And so women are thinking, oh, well, that was a boring guy, but he just didn't show those parts of himself. So it's really giving them a permission and an understanding that, hey, when you bring this side of yourself out, it will unlock this within your date and she will come alive. And so that's what I really get them to understand through my training. So how do you get them to unlock that when they're dating? How do you get them to act like they're a fun person or be fun or... How do you suggest they make dating fun? Like, do they have to like have an activity versus the boring coffee or dinner date? Like what are some key points that they can apply to their next date today? Yeah, look, I don't think it's about organizing the world's greatest date. I think coffee is fantastic. It's the way you have coffee. And I say the way you do something, the way you say something That's what has the effect. That's what creates the fun. And fun comes in many different shapes and sizes. So, May, your fun would be very different to mine. Like I have my own little intricacies. And and what I want to do is is like shine the light for my clients to go, okay, well, what's your unique way of having fun? Like there's so many amazing senses of humor, right? That, you know, you might have a dark sense of humor compared to somebody else. And it's more about, hey, you can be yourself on that day. We can bring that side of yourself out and you can do it in a way where it feels great for you. So the first step is really getting them on a virtual mock date, which is one of my signature services. And I just love it. It's kind of like comparing to the sales industry where you would do a pretend sales call with somebody for training purposes. So that's exactly the same setup that I utilize in dating. And you'll jump on, you do a date with one of the women on my team. And then I can go in and review that minute by minute and see how you're coming across. So this is how I start the process of unlocking the gaps of where you might be avoiding the fun or avoiding the flirting, which is one of the major things that I coach on as well. You're avoiding, there's some sexual tension there. And instead of leaning in, you're leaning out, like, get me out of here. I'm uncomfortable. So um, the fun starts to merge into flirting, which is one of the biggest challenges that men come to me about. So when you're videoing these dates with them, do you record it and then you watch it together and then you pause it and say, okay, Sarah, this is where you can inject a compliment or this is where you can ask more questions or she was kind of trying to flirt with you, but you just kind of shut down and you didn't respond or give her any kind of smile or, I mean, is that what you do? Like just kind of analyze her date? Yeah, that's exactly it. So um, I don't usually sit down with them. It's quite a long process. So the date goes for 15 minutes, which might seem like not a long time, but my goodness, you can cover a lot of ground in 15 minutes with somebody. And so my breakdown, if it's 15 minutes, is usually an hour of thorough um, review and analyzing it. So yeah, you're spot on with everything you're saying. 
like I, I usually break it into three sections. So I've got the first five minutes where it's breaking reports, the small talk, you know, can you you set the tone and set up for what this interaction is going to be like? And then the five minutes in between is like going deeper, asking some different questions that most men may, may be afraid to ask, flirting. Um, and there are moments throughout uh, with what you just said, May, where she's actually complimented you and you've avoided it or just like kept going um, and pretended like it didn't happen. But that right there is the opportunity for deeper connection. That's the opportunity to get her to see you in a romantic way. And you've just gone and changed the topic back to the weather or something. So, so I really encourage them to see this whole experience as, you know, you leading a unique uh, interaction that could go anywhere. And, and there is some creativity to it. And I feel like that's where I get my, my acting skills to come in because it's kind of like an improv class where you go and you don't know what you're going to say yet on the date. You have to go in there and you've got to listen and respond in a way that, yeah, you know, creates the best outcome for both of you in the dating sense. So um, I don't like to give them too much of a script. And some of them, they always ask the same questions. I say, you always ask that question. And it's fine if you've got a great question that you ask on your dates and it helps you have a little bit of structure. I think that's fantastic. If you're asking the question and you can see that it's not really landing most of the time, then I'd suggest, why don't you try this question or saying something more along these lines? So I make suggestions and recommendations. And then the, the last five minutes is about wrapping up the date and either planning for the, the second date or leaving it on an emotional high, which means leaving it at that moment where you're both like, this was so much fun. I loved chatting with you. I've, I've got to go, but oh, like I'd love to see you again, like leaving it on the high. What I see a lot of guys do in real life on a date is overstay their welcome. And they think, oh, the date's just going really well. So they stay for two hours, three hours. <laughs> and in actual fact, if you respect that person's time and leave them on that emotional high, they want to see you again. So you leave something that you can explore and, and let them think about you or think about, oh, I wish I had more time with him. So that's also something that I put into that 15 minutes for them to practice as they do more of the training. I love that. I totally agree. You always want to leave the dates wanting more. So I love it when two people are laughing and they're just having a great time and they're like, oh my gosh, this was so much fun, Sarah. I wish we had more time, but I really got to go. And also to look like you have a life, like 60 minutes or yeah. 90 minutes on a coffee date or dinner date or lunch date is plenty of time. You don't want to, like you said, overstay your welcome where now you guys are both at a lull in the conversation. And next time she thinks about you, she's going to think about how boring it was at the end. Like that's her last impression of you. So you don't want to do that. I completely agree with what you said. I like that, it, you know. It's like, I don't know about you, May, like there was certain relatives that when I was a kid that when they rang, I knew that I'd be stuck on the phone call for a long time because of the kind, the kind of, I know how that they lead the conversation. So as the man I, in the dating sense, you're setting the tone, you're laying down the structure and so if I go, oh, when I catch up with Joe, I know that it's fun and it's not that it's fast, but I know that he's not going to linger and he's yeah. not going to try and like stay and stay and stay. 
And so for me, I go, oh, I'll definitely pick up that phone call from him or, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll catch up with you because you've set that foundation. So as a man, I think it's really important to do that. Women, we can do it, but I don't think most of us like to go, hey, look, I've got to go now. Like, No, yeah. I, I think it's, it's kind of like in our real lives, not a dating scenario, but if someone calls you and they're like, oh, hey, Sarah, do you have a minute to talk? Yes, I have 10 minutes. What's up? I have tons of time. I have 10 minutes for you. Just so yeah. you put that in the back of their mind, like, okay, she has 10 minutes for me. So now when it's like approaching nine minutes, you're like, okay, real quick, one last thing. Uh, tell me this really quick before I have to get off the phone. Like, that's a great way to, for me, actually, to pick up all of my clients' phone calls. And I try to answer everyone because I don't like a to-do list. I don't want to call people back. I don't want to play phone tag. So I will pick up the phone and they're like, hey, May, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you called. I have 10 minutes. What's going on? Like, I have yeah, time to talk to them, you're but- saying, You're setting the standard for the call, yes. which is amazing. So when you pre-frame, it, it yes. really does help. It relieves yeah. your date of the pressure of thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get out of here. Yeah. So yeah, and it also displays that you've got other stuff on. And I say to my guys, look, even if you don't have anything on, just say you've got yeah. something on. <laughs> It'll just help you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and then it doesn't make you look- got, What's that? Yeah, if, you, if you've only got 30 minutes, just you got to go, you know, yeah. don't stay, stay, stay. Because then I, you know, if I was on the day with him, I would start thinking, well, you said that you only had 30 minutes and now it's been 45 minutes, right. Right. nearly 50. And now you're pushing back that thing that you said you needed to go to. In one way, I'm flattered. In another, it's like, well, this is never going to end. Yeah. <laughs> what if this happens every time I see him? So they're the kind of thoughts that, yeah you know, make it harder for her to want to say yes. And we want her to say yes. We want to hell yes. I want to see you again. <laughs> I know earlier we were talking about the dating process and all that. Like, how do you suggest a guy kind of make sure that she doesn't friend zone him? Like, are there specific things to not be in the friend zone and not get friend zoned on a date? Like, how do you let the woman know that you don't want to be just friends. Like you're obviously out dating. Like you want a romantic connection. Like how do you encourage men to act so they don't get friend zoned? Yeah, this is why flirting is so powerful as a form of communication. Uh, men are, that I work with, I've found, find it very challenging to communicate confidently and clearly their intentions. So if they don't communicate that they're interested romantically, then their date can be left thinking, well, oh, I just, I didn't even realize that you were into me. You didn't show me, you didn't tell me. There was no way that you communicated that, not through your body language, not through what we were talking about in conversation. So they're left not knowing. And then men go, oh my God, you know, this is so frustrating. Why am I being friend zone? Well, you haven't communicated to her what your intention is. And so it's important if we talk about structure again, that you actually say that and before you even go on the date, even just like planting some seeds. And that could be the way that you talk to her. You know, you're a little bit cheeky at times. And she goes, oh, okay. You know, women are very smart at reading between the lines. And so if you can, um, you know, mention a couple of things in a different way, you're not just, Hey, what do you do as a job? Like very interview style, the guys that fall into that uh, group, they automatically get friend zone because there's no chemistry, there's no friction. And so something that flirting does is creates this friction and that's what creates these sparks of chemistry. 
And I definitely know the dates I've been on with men that are able to play in that space. I felt a deeper connection, a more romantic connection. And I do not think of them as a potential friend. I think, oh, there could be something here that might be growing in a romantic sense. And I know that it's there. But the men that just seem like there's a wall between us and they have, they kind of keep the conversation going for the sake of it rather than, oh, we've hit this topic that's kind of juicy and a little bit flirty. Let's stay here for a bit. That's the kind of guy that knows how to get out of the friend zone and he doesn't just conversate for the sake of it. So I feel like flirting is your fastest way to get out of the friend zone. You, You just have to learn it, which can be difficult for a lot of guys. So you teach guys how to flirt then, how to um, yeah. navigate through that on a date and say one or two things that can have her see him in a different light. Yeah, exactly. Like talking about intimacy is one of the best ways to go there. So many people don't do that or they think, oh, no, we can't talk about that on a first day. But the reality is you're both adults. I'm sure you've both been intimate in your life. And if you haven't, my goodness, I'd want to know that on a first date. If you haven't, um, you know, that is, it's a, it's an important thing for me, right. As a, as a person considering being in a relationship with you. Um, And so learning how to talk about it, not in a sexual way, but in a way that you're expressing your experiences, what you like, what you don't like, kind of like, let's imagine you brought up the topic of uh, the five love languages, just that quiz, you know, it's very mainstream now, but it's a, it's a great easy way to bring up a topic of intimacy without it feeling like you've got to share something very vulnerable when you're, you know, first meeting somebody and you, you know, you have fun talking about, oh, what's your love language? Oh, quality time. Oh, mine's physical touch. Interesting. You can now start to have a conversation about that. And again, you're not being intimate at that moment. You're just finding out about them just like you would about what they do for work or, you know, some of their experiences that have shaped who they are. It's the same thing. But a lot of people leave those topics outside of the date and they're the ones that are going to lead you into intimacy if that's what you're looking for or a more romantic relationship. So you mentioned earlier something about asking her what she does for a living and how do you say, for example, how would you ask her in a flirting way about her job as opposed to it being like so much of an interview style asking questions? I mean, I'd say, you know, give me three potential options of what you do for work and I'm going to try and guess what they are. You know, something that makes it a bit of a game, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, or even leaving that question for longer than you think. Like we naturally go to, what do you do for work? Oh, yeah, okay, what do you do for fun? All right, cool. Now what? Like, see if you can leave that for longer. Let it sit. <laughs> Let it simmer until a little bit later on. Um, it's kind of like, oh my god, my like, you know, oh my god, I don't even know your name yet, right? And, and because you've been having so much fun with other conversation, and so asking about someone's work. I mean, if somebody asks you that question as well, you can have some fun with it, and you could. You know, there was a an ex-boyfriend of mine, actually. He loved doing this when he went out because he was so sick of the question, what do you do for work? And he would respond and say, well, I'm a manager at McDonald's, which he wasn't at all, but he just thought it was hilarious to see how people would respond to it. Oh, okay, that's great. And he didn't seem like that kind of guy at all. And that's what made this, you know, that much funnier. So that kind of response is showing that, 
you know, you, you can have a bit of fun with it. And you go, I'm just kidding. I'm actually an accountant. But it's like, oh, okay, but I like the McDonald's thing. That was cool. And now you're talking about something uh, a little bit different. But like, yeah, well, I wouldn't mind working at McDonald's. I think it would be less stressful or maybe it might be more stressful. And now you're talking about different things, about what kind of person you are. So there's really creative ways to tell somebody about who you are by not actually saying it, <laughs> you know, in black and white terms. You know that game, uh two was it called uh, two lies and one truth like you yeah. tell people two lies and one truth and you're like what do you do for a living okay let me tell you two lies and one truth and you can guess which one yeah. <laughs> what I do for a living I mean yes you're right Sarah there are so many ways to inject fun and yeah. uh flirting in a conversation but you're right we're not trained on this we didn't learn about this in high school or college like how to court a woman like they should actually have these courses in college to help you date yeah. and things like that. But I feel like the real winners out there are people who actually take the time to find a dating coach, to find a relationship coach, to find help with their online dating profile if they're not getting the results they want. I mean, it's no different than hiring a lawyer or doctor to diagnose something about your life or help you write a contract or something. So there's no shame in getting help, I guess. And I hope more and more people realize this. Yeah. And I'm sure the people who are listening to this podcast is like, they want more information about dating. They want information about relationship because how are you going to get better, right? Like you read books so you can learn more. You listen to podcasts so you can dive into certain topics that you like. I feel like there's so much information out there today that it's such a huge advantage to... um to just get ahead in the info, right? Especially if you're dying to have a relationship. It's like, okay, let us help you, you know, let Sarah help you find someone great. And just if you like learn one little morsel that you teach and you use that and it totally changes your life, like, wow, that's like money well spent, right? Yeah. And you know what I, I see a lot, you know, with the information, consume the books you can read the articles the videos that you can watch clients come to me and they're so smart they probably know more than me but then when I get them to action it they can't and so that's that's where I see coaches really help like a personal trainer yeah you might know all the theory about how to build muscles but your muscles are, are not defined. They're, they're not there at all. So it, the dating, you might know everything and read every single piece of information that's out there. However, your skills are so far behind. And what can happen is your ego can actually get in the way because, you say, oh, well, I know all of this, Sarah. Well, I know you know all of this, but you're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah well, you know, but I know how to do it. Okay. But if you actually want it to be real and you want it to be a part of your life, then we're going to have to give you a little loving nudge and get yourself out there to actually action what you're learning here. Uh, so I often find that we have to strip back and just kind of put everything you've learned to the side because you're going to start overthinking, overanalyzing every single move you make. Oh, well, she touched her hair, Sarah. Does that mean that she's into me? Leave it. She could have just been adjusting her hair. She licked her lips. Does that mean that she's into me? Stop focusing on those things. <laughs> so right. this is kind of the rabbit holes that information overload can create for men. 
True. You're right. Yeah. There's so much information out there and we all learn it, but it's like, okay, you processed it, but now you need to actually implement it and do it and have it be part of your life, right? Like actually have some action steps. And that's, I guess that's where coaches or matchmakers help people. Like we're almost handholding and helping them and holding them accountable. Like, Hey, did you do this? you know, would it help if you did this? You know, I wonder what would happen if you did this. So I guess you're kind of like their cheerleader and yeah, uh, like their best friend, you know, their aunt or uncle or something like that. So yeah, you're guiding them. I I think of myself as, as guiding them. Like you can't push anybody to go any faster than they can. Yeah. I give them tough love. That's for sure. Like there's definitely a level of no bullshit. Like you can't keep doing this. You, you do see that, you know, what's happening here. So um, there's that level. And then, of course, I'm, I love being a cheerleader. I'm all about it. You know, when I hear they have a great day, I'm like jumping around the living room like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and equally, you know, when they're like, oh, this is so frustrating, Sarah, it's so challenging. I'm like, I know it is. I know it is. And I'm so, what I'm celebrating is the fact that you're doing it. You're doing the work so many men and women that avoid doing the work because it's uncomfortable and so when you start this training and you decide to do it you will be uncomfortable and you got to celebrate the small wins that you know and the progress just as much as as the frustrations and the setbacks and the, oh, I'm really struggling with this one thing Sarah I really can't get this down I'm not understanding my understanding and that's okay you keep going and training and trying until you hit the sweet spot You're like yep that feels good for me because one other comment about the information is you might nail a, a method or a question that you ask or a game that you play in a day. However, it comes across robotic. There's no soul. There's no you. There's no essence of who May is that's coming through. You're just repeating what you've learned. And that's what I see guys do that are more logical. And they think, oh, well, I'm doing the thing, Sarah. It's not working. I'm like, well, let's strip back that thing because humans are imperfectly perfect if you spill your drink on your date, that could be the moment you remember on your wedding day. If you fall over because your laces are untied, that could be the very moment that you actually fall in love. So it's not about seeking perfection on the dates. It's actually about adding your own grit, your own essence of who you are to what you've learned about, you know, the best questions or best structure to have on how to lead a date. And a lot of guys go, oh, you know, I don't want to mess up on the date. Mess up on the date. It's just how you handle yourself when you do. I mean, I'd rather go out with a guy who has a little bit of awkwardness or not so smooth. Like, I don't want to go out with a guy who's so smooth, you know, like he's done this before. It's part of technique. Like, I don't want that smooth of a guy. I want a guy who's genuine, a guy who can actually be himself and be normal on a date. Like that to me is a better date than someone who planned everything out perfectly it's like well does he take all women out on these kind of dates like all these you know little tips that he does but yeah well I I mean I love that it's like genuine what we feel is genuine is actually when you aren't showing up perfectly and you're not nailing everything because most of us see that within ourselves we know we're not perfect and so when we see that it's like this likeness of of oh you know I love that that he's a little bit awkward and that it's that's building some tension between us and there's more to play with when you show up like that than if you show up with everything planned and I also I don't know about you May but I trust the men that show up like that 
more. The ones that actually mess up a little bit, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel yeah. safer with him than the guy that's meticulously like <laughs> right. planned it all out and there's there's no hiccups. It's just like, oh, this is creates a very different uh, energetic experience for me as a woman. Like I'm not sure I'm going to keep my guard up because I don't, something could happen here with, with this guy. But one thing is I feel like both parties, the man and the woman should be on time, if not early for a date. I can't even yeah. tell you how many good dates get sidetracked because one person was 15 minutes late, 30 minutes late. And the guy's like, what is going on? Like, she clearly doesn't value the time yeah. and doesn't uh, value me as a person. And if she's late now, she might be late all the time for her dates, yeah. for her life, for her appointments. Like, who has time for that? I don't know. I just don't like when people are late for a date. It's like, we planned this like two weeks ago. Like, what? can't you, yeah. you just have to do one thing, show up, yeah. have fun and flirt, right? Like, that's all that's all you have to do so so make sure you're punctual with may or you are out the door (laughs) yeah look i think the the punctuality does show that you value the other person's time and i'm definitely guilty of being late a few times and you feel terrible and sometimes it's because you're you're so nervous or you're so scared you're second guessing it and you're like oh my god oh you know, or you've changed outfits 10 times and you're, you know, you're like, oh God, is this too much? Is this too little? Oh, oh, I don't know. Uh, so leaving yourself enough time to go through potential second guessing like that. I, I know as a woman, I have to factor in because otherwise <laughs> I do leave it to the last minute as, um, you know, a way to cope with some of the nervousness, just as you might arrive 45 minutes early because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be late and and then you're sitting there and that builds up your nerves. So I think expressing the punctuality is really important in the pre-frame. You've got to do that and say, hey, look, uh, I've got to leave at this time. So I'll be there a bit early. Feel free to come down then. So it kind of sets it up. It's like telling your friend that you know is always late. Oh, it starts at, you know, four o'clock. And really it starts at five o'clock <laughs> so that they're there. <laughs> Right. So Sarah, you've been doing this for a long time, uh, the date coaching, working with clients and things like that. Is there one dating tip that you used to tell people that you should do this, but then now after a few years later, you're like, you know what, maybe that's not the best tip. Let me modify that dating tip a little bit. Like, is there something that you thought that you always taught people or expressed that now you kind of modified a little bit what is that that's a brilliant question May. <laughs> it really makes me think <laughs> about what I've coached one thing that I used to encourage more than I do now is probably the physical escalation in an interaction I definitely pushed for guys to do that more when I was working for the old company because there was so much uh, weight placed on men being able to physically escalate in a short amount of time with a woman. And that'll be something that I, I definitely have taken out of what I um, coach. I don't think you need to escalate in the first couple of minutes with a woman, but a what lot of what I was that? doing with that coaching was out in clubs and 
it was very much that pickup part of the process. Like, how can I get a girl's number in the shortest amount of time? How can I go from dancing with her to making out with her in the shortest amount of time? How can I go from that to taking her to another venue, leading her somewhere else? And then how can I go from that to taking her home? So that was very much like this model, if you will, that was praised in that world. And now I'm like, well, hang on. <laughs> that that If that's your goal and you reach that goal, it's going to be a very empty uh, success. You're not going to feel fulfilled if that's what you do. And so I definitely have thrown that whole concept out the window. A client I actually worked with, he was he's Christian and he didn't want intimacy to be a part of the dating experience until later on. And initially I was like, oh, well, I love intimacy. Like, oh, don't think I could date him if I couldn't, you know, experience a passionate kiss with him. I mean, I have to work out if there's that spark. And I learned a lot from him, having him as a client. And I went, you know what? You don't have to do that. You can wait. You can prolong that. And you can really build a powerful connection and learn whether that person is someone you want to be intimate with or not. Rather than jumping at the opportunity to be intimate, and then over that next week or so, you think, oh, I don't like that person at all. But you've built this emotional, physical connection with them. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's definitely something I have modified. <laughs> what was that called? Something escalation? What did you call it? It's called physical escalation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So your the goal is to physically escalate. And, you know, so you'd go, okay, you know, you haven't touched the, them yet. So dancing with them brings closer proximity. Um, now you might have your arms around them. You know, you might you know be very close, maybe give them a hug and pull them in. Like and maybe hold hands with them when you walk from the dance floor to the bar. Like that is what physical escalation is. And it's, yeah, I only learned that term when I started working in the industry. So knowing what you know now and... Yeah, personal experiences included. When do you think it is appropriate for a guy to reach for the woman's hand or to give her a kiss uh, at the end of the night or a big hug? Like what, when do you think people should get physical or okay to get physical? So I'd say it's a combination of knowing yourself and how you like to date and how you like to uh, develop, you know, your physical and intimate a relationship with somebody we all have histories you know there's you may have gone through some really horrible times in your life um, where you're not that comfortable with it and so it takes you a little bit longer to warm up so that's part of knowing yourself knowing who you are and what you're comfortable with and the other person won't know that so that's one part um, and then you can express it and go hey look I, I really like you but I, I don't want anything physical just yet like you, you got to communicate it, which is, it's scary. Like as a woman doing that, you think, oh, are they going to be disappointed that, you know, I, I can't give them what I think they want? Or will I be pleasantly surprised that they're like, no, I really respect that. Like, thanks for communicating it to me. So you do have to just own your truth and communicate it. The second part is reading the, the nonverbal cues or the verbal cues sometimes on a date. Like you might pick up a really flirty, or like, you know, just this whole energy where you both just want to jump on each other. Um, I know I've been on dates like that where I, I know I really wanted to have that experience because 
you know, I find in this space, we talk a lot about a serious relationship or getting into a relationship, making sure it's the right person. But there's also amazing experience to be had and lessons to learn in these passionate throes of, of um, you know, romance and lust in a fling. So it might only be a couple of days that you're in a, a country because I work with, uh, you know, people that date all around the world. They might be travelling in different cities. And um, I personally, when I used to travel every f- five to seven days, my dating life was very different. It There was, you know, flings of, of romance in um you know Budapest I remember was just wild and I you know really it was like a, you know falling in love and then leaving um very movie like um and I learned so much from that and I wanted that experience with whereas I might meet a man that I think wow I could be in a relationship with him you know I want to take it in a slightly different direction so um if you're looking for intimacy there's signs to look for on the date but most importantly you've got to know what it is that you want if having a fling and, and something physical makes sense go for it you've got to you know obviously make sure that they're also showing those signs um and then yeah the, the other part I think like just ask like having the conversation like do you want you know is that something that you want to do I think there's no harm in doing that um it's like that consensual conversation that or like challenging them like I think even a, one of my exes said, you know, I, I'm not going to have sex with you tonight. And that made me want to <laughs> have sex with him. So, you know, there's sort of things like that. But again, not to say that it's coming from a, a darker place, but if let's say the guy's goal was to get you in the bedroom and if he said, well, I'm not going to have sex with you and that gets her in the bedroom, you can see how there's a darker side to that. So I think you have to have integrity and go, well, this is coming from a place, a good place, a positive place within myself. I'm not trying to get this woman in the bedroom to add her to some tally. Um, then, I, you know, I feel like you can sleep at night <laughs> if that's where you're at with it. I think earlier when you said um, in is an example that a woman says to a guy like, hey, I really like you, but I just don't want to get physical right now or you know I don't want to start kissing or making out with you but I really like you I feel like if you just communicate that with the guy and he's like okay but I can I have a feeling that we're going to go on a second date or third date so yeah yeah, I can wait I feel like guys can wait um a date or two or whatever it's not like you're flirting all night and touching his butt and stuff like that and then you're (laughs) like I'm not going to kiss you like you're not going to be like you know, leading him on or teasing him. But genuinely, if you're like, hey, I really like you, but I'm not ready to like kiss and stuff like that yet. I think any normal person would be okay with that. And the fact that you, I would, if I was the guy, I rather a woman say that to me, than I go in for the kiss and she turns her cheek. Like that's actually even more awkward, right? Like if you just tell him how you feel, I feel like that's a better way of going about it, a more mature way then he's yeah. going to try to come in for the kiss and you just turn your cheek or something, you know? Yeah, as women, as women dating, I, it's important. Like sometimes I get that question of, you know, how can women improve how they show up? And I do believe that's one way. And I personally have found it, you know, difficult to learn how to communicate what I'm feeling or what I want in, in certain moments. And I get that it's really hard, but it's super helpful for men to yeah. know 
Like they like to be told like what's going on. Uh, whereas women like men to read between the lines a lot more generally. Um, and, and so, you know, I feel like there's this fear of, well, if I communicate clearly, it takes away spontaneity or desire or passion or mystery. Um, however, yeah, if you want them to know what's going on, you've got to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not mind readers. Especially everything you want it to be consensual, right? Like you want to communicate, yeah. you want to not have any confusion and all that stuff. So, well. Yeah, look, and I think just as a general rule for guys, just hold back. See if you can be, you know, if she can create the touch before you. Yeah. That's something that uh, a dating coach that I used to work with, he actually said that to me. And I really loved that. It really stuck with me because if there's tension and there's flirting and there's that energy, you know, she might tap you, like nudge you on the shoulder or something. And and that shows like she's actually initiated that first level of touch. And so you can go, okay, cool. Like she's comfortable with that. So that's a great way to not have to say, are you comfortable with me touching your shoulder in a robotic manner to, to actually pay attention to, you know, she's leaning into me. She's, you know, nudging me or touching me in that way. It's like, you know, she feels comfortable. And that's not a big green sign to go launch on in for the kiss it's just a sign to go she's comfortable with you you know so that's it's really great you're building trust and connection and um kind of hold yourself back because I know as a woman I can if I can play in that space of coming forward and flirting that is a whole experience that I get to have if the guy's coming on to me a lot I'll close off naturally and that's the thing. So exploring with that is something I recommend for my guys. And every woman that they go on a date with will be a little bit different. So you do have to pay attention um, and adjust, adapt to what's going on on that particular day. So are you saying that as a woman who's listening to this podcast, they should, if they like the guy, that they should initially initiate the touch, like touch him on the shoulder or touch him on the hand or lean into yep. him or things like that, just to show that, hey, I'm comfortable around you. I like being around you. I, you know, and then initiate the touching. Yes, because if you want to communicate to him that you're comfortable and you feel safe, that is a great way to do it. And if the guy is aware enough, he'll pick that up, <laughs> you know, and he'll go, oh, great. Like she's comfortable in this space with me. So that is a way that women can do that without having to be logically laying it out on the table. And I know that most women prefer that. They like to, you know, you know, yeah. stay in that um, more feminine state where you're like flirty and, and you know, like it, if you touch them, you're setting that tone of like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm comfortable there. Um, I think that's that's what I would say plus your flirting, so the way you're talking. If you want men to feel more comfortable and more relaxed, show up with more of that energy that fun, that fun energy and flirty energy as a woman uh, and being less, uh, I mean, I say masculine because as a coach, I feel like I'm in my masculine a, a lot. When I go and clock off and go on a date, I'm in my fem feminine. Even if he asks me about my job, I'll give him a little bit, but then I'll go back into my flirty way. I'll be like, you know, if I say I'm a dating coach, he goes, oh, are you analyzing me right now? I'll be like, maybe, maybe I'm not. It'll be the tone of how I say it. If I say, yeah, well, look, you know, sometimes I am analyzing you. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of things I could say. I would never be in that energy state on my right. date, right. ever. 
Like that guy isn't going to feel like, oh, yeah, there's something here. So that's what I mean by changing the way you talk about certain things. So guys, if you ask them about their work or their day, sometimes they automatically go into recounting the day in a very logical manner or they go into work mode. And that's not what, when a woman asks you that on a date, okay, in the context of a date, you don't want to fall into the trap of answering it how you would with a colleague at work. That's not how you answer it. You've got to change the tone of it, the way you say it. So if a guy, if at the end of the date, I want the guy to kiss me, should I say something like, wow, I had such a great time. I'm just wondering if you're going to kiss me. Like, what do you say? Ooh, for a I like that, mate. Right. Yeah, right. Like, I like that. Um, if you're not as confident as May, something <laughs> that I would do. <laughs> because that does require right. a level of confidence yeah. to just say it, you know, straight away. Um, even for men, like, you know, you could say, it, like, I really want to kiss you. And she might respond, well, why don't you? Right. You know, yeah. so... Again, I think it requires a certain level of that confidence. As a woman, if you want a guy to kiss you, I definitely feel holding the space with him and being quite close and maintaining eye contact, that will send the message to him. And if he doesn't get that, then you could say, you're not going to kiss me? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. No, no, I don't want to kiss now. And you can, <laughs> then you can make some fun with, with that moment. Be like, do you want know come here, right? <laughs> Yeah. if you really want that kiss um so yeah I think again you've got to have fun with it and it, it will depend on how you're feeling at the end of the day how it's been um but yeah there's practical logical ways of of just saying what right. you're not going to kiss me yeah, um, yeah. as a yeah. woman that'll it'll help you get to that point see I could just talk about dating forever I mean I love <laughs> the topic of dating I love picking people's brains like what can I do here what can I do there and you know I'm trying to like talk as if I'm a single person obviously yeah. I've been married for what six years and I've been with my yeah. husband now for like 16 years but I still like want to ask all the guests who come on the show because I want to find out answers for the people who are listening so thank you so much Sarah for joining me today on this podcast is there any last parting words I'll put all of your contact information in the show notes but any last tidbit or love advice that you want to give or just something that you want to share with the audience before I let you go? I just want to say thank you for having me on. I think it's a lot of fun. I felt like we did some some more intricate uh, examples, which is really good. Like, I like going through that that kind of thing. I think sharing experiences as well that we've had, it's so important. But I would just leave you know any listener with you know the message that, if you feel like there's more for you to learn and you're not quite sure, it's reach out to somebody that you connect with. You know, if you connect with me, feel free to message me on Instagram. I think May will put it in the notes, but, you know, have a conversation, be really curious. I think what I love about you, May, is that you're very curious and you're asking questions and you would know as well when clients are asking questions, they're curious, they're like a sponge. They are always the ones that su succeed. They're always the ones that get the most experience and the best results. And ultimately, if you're looking to get into a loving long-term relationship, that's what you've got to do. You've got to be that sponge and absorb as much as you can and put it into action and learn from that. So yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It was so much fun. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, everybody. And ladies, if you're single, I would love for you to be part of my database. Please go to 2AsianMatchmakers.com. 
And men out there, if you're looking to meet a nice Asian woman, I would love to help you with that. Please go to twoasiamatchmakers.com, contact me, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Sarah. Have a great rest of your day. All right, bye.